Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, coming in with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions. Uh, Jared, what do we got today, man? Today we're going to talk about something that pisses me off every <laughs> Sunday afternoon for the last 10 years, and that's food labels. And, and Oh, sorry. I was going to make a joke here. Oh, yeah, and and Brittany says there's only one thing that has ever pissed you off ever, and this is the only one? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really easy-mannered, mild-tempered, <laughs> pretty easygoing, very non-opinionated. I don't get worked up about anything, <laughs> just this one thing. No. This is part of a list of 100 easy. Oh, shit. <laughs> you can name <laughs> off two. Um yeah, but anyways, so it's, 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 it's the organic, it's the, the non-GMO, it's the cage-free, it's the pasture-raised, it's oh, yeah. uh, natural, it's uh, made with organic ingredients, it's mostly organic. I mean, they got, they got stamps for everything. These damn marketing teams, hats off to you guys, because you fooled me seven ways from Sunday. Like No one knows what they're buying. Like, like If it has a stamp on there, you're like, oh, great, it's, it's going to be really healthy. Oh, it, it, nice contrasting colors, and oh, cool. So... Um, for everybody listening, food labeling, we're going to be talking about like, what do they mean? And and when you're buying something, is it actually what you probably think it is? I think that's what we're going to get to. We're going to define all the food labels. And it's such a weird conversation. Normally we talk about controversial stuff. This is not like controversial, but I think everybody's confused about it. So it is controversial, like in your own mind almost. Well, well honestly, how do I want to say this? It's almost like they should be confused, but they don't know that they're confused because they think. It's, what they're buying is yeah. is good. You know it, what I mean? Did, did, did I did I convey that properly? I, it's so much <laughs> mi- it's so much misinformation. Yeah. After a whole year of people complaining about misinformation online about certain things, right? Yeah. And it's kind of weird. We deal with misinformation all the time right now on food packaging, and we have no clue about that, it. That's what I'm saying. People don't know that they're confused. Oh, that's I gotcha. what I was trying to convey. Okay. So maybe I screwed that up. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Now I'm on the same page. So um, maybe a little bit of background, guys. Um, Food labeling um, is, you know, you, uh, to say it's regulated is, to kind of put it lightly, it's not regulated in every sense of the term, but it is regulated by the USDA and the FDA um, for some labels. Um, so let's talk about maybe the, the ones that are regulated and kind of get to, these should be like almost like our baseline. So the first one's probably the, not, the least controversial and, and probably the easiest to talk about is organic. So USDA organic, Jared just looked at me like maybe it is a little controversial, but I'm just going to say that this one, there is very specific needs to be able to put that stamp on your product, um, whether it's meat, whether it's a piece of vegetable or fruit. Um, Most farmers, most ranchers consider this to be the most heavily regulated food stamp. And what it means um, is... This is actually kind of the craziest part. The land that you are raising your food on, whether it's meat or vegetables or fruits, um, must be free of all prohibitive stub- substances for at least three years before crops can be certified or gran- uh, organic. So that means that if I'm going to start raising cattle on this land or if I'm going to raise some lettuce, that I can't use any pesticides, herbicides, things like that for three years. And then in my fourth year, I can start selling organic produce, organic meat, organic chickens, whatever it may be. And so when you're, when you're buying something with that USDA organic or FDA organic symbol on there, which is that kind of white and green stamp on there, you know that it's 
pretty much going to be 100% organic. Would you agree with that, Jared? Maybe there's a I, caveat. I, I would, but exactly. There's a little bit of asterisk to it. So in short, you are correct, but this is where there starts, you know, kind of introducing not so much the individual ingredients like you were talking about, you know, the organic lettuce or yeah. organic tomatoes. But now I want to kind of transition still in that same organic talk track, but I just want to shift to maybe like organic foods, like organic products, if you will. This is 95%, right? Well, no, no, no. So they have 100% organic. Yeah. That's that's kind of like the, the gold standard, if you will. Then for it to be labeled organic, that's 95%. Yeah. For it, it, <laughs> for it to be named made with organic, that's 70%. And then, uh, let's see, if it's made with less than 70%, a multi-ingredient product is certified and organic, uh, it's less than 70%. Which, it, so, I get why they do that, because, like, some items just, you can't make it without, like, you can't make it with organic products. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, let's just think of, like, a cereal, maybe. I, maybe not a cereal, because that's too many pro- things inside of yeah. it. Um, okay, maybe beer. We're drinking beer right now, actually. We didn't even introduce it. Oh, yeah, yeah. What so we this, this is a New Belgium's Agent 77 IPA. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a little James Bondy, little yeah. skeleton. Whoa, action. whoa, dude, whoa. Oh, Introducing yeah. it yeah. already. Screwed it up. Here. Yeah, man. Classic of me. It's all right. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about beer. Uh, what do you got? Barley in there. You got, um, what else? Hops. Those could be both organic. Now, the water probably can't be organic. So this would probably be like a 95% mostly organic, but kind of a weird one right there, right? Where I don't know if you've ever, I don't think you can put a stamp of organic on a can of beer, but I could see why you can't like say it's organic because one item just can't be organic. Like water probably can't be, or maybe it can. I don't know. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? So you think that's a problem with that? I don't think there's a problem with that. Like saying that mostly organic, like I get it. Some things just can't be hundred percent organic, but like if it's a piece of meat, Yes, it can be. If it's a vegetable, yes, it can be. But once you start mixing ingredients, it feels like there's always going to be like an idea, an, an ingredient that can't be. I, I, and I get that. But here, here's my thing, and this is where the kind of the confusion, because I don't, I don't realize. I just see the the, the creme de la creme, that organic word that I'm yeah. always looking for, but you actually don't know what you're putting in your body. Yeah. That's where I'm getting annoyed. Okay. Okay. I kind of might have a solution for this. So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But okay. So organic's the first one. Um, I actually saw this one, and I've never really seen this stamp, and maybe you can correct me if you've seen it anywhere, but certified naturally grown. Have you seen that stamp? It's kind of like a, looks like a farm with a pasture, and it's a round circle. Have you ever seen that one on any products you've purchased? Uh, hold on. I think I read about it to where it's like, hey, if you guys see this stamp, this is God's gift to earth, right? No, no. Wait, I, I, no, okay. It was about the eggs that I read that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, th- I'm sorry. The the stamp that I'm talking about is certified humane or animal welfare approved. That's oh, what I was talking okay, about. Talk that's about specifically that for one. eggs. Okay, talk about that one next. But certified naturally grown is kind of an interesting one. It's essentially all of the pros of organic, but they haven't went through like the additional hoops that the FDA and USDA require. Um, like i.e. the three-year three, three clean land thing. And so a lot of farmers have he- hesitated to moving towards um, an o- organic crop because of just the challenges to get essentially that stamp of approval. And so there's been a couple of nonprofits that have come out and been like a third-party regulation agency. You know, it's, it is, you know, not a government agency. It's a third-party agency that's just private, uh, pub- uh, sorry, um, not privately, not public, uh, nonprofit. It's been a nonprofit, right? And they essentially say, hey, guys, um, you know, you're, you're not using herbicides. You're not using any pesticides. You're not using antibiotics, things like that. You're doing everything right. We're going to check in on you every three months to make sure your farm's doing the right thing. 
but here's a certified naturally grown um, stamp. And so it's, it's a little bit easier for farmers to get, and it also kind of is a good incentive for farmers to do it if they can make more money on their product, but it doesn't have the organic stamp. So I thought it was kind of interesting because I've never seen it. It's not ringing a bell. I know. And I'm always for kind of seeing how the nonprofit sector kind of fills in the gaps for some of our federal agencies. I don't know what you think about that. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, yeah. I was like, you know, an additional non-incentivized, if you will. Exactly. Party to actually get their hands in the pot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were we going to talk about the eggs? Yeah, so so actually this is where my anger starts to uh, really get the best of me. I, I, I don't know which eggs to buy anymore because I see cage-free. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't want the chickens all cooped up. And then I see pasture-raised. So I was like, well, isn't that kind of cage-free? I don't know what's the real difference between Like I feel like, you know, all squares are parallelograms, but not all parallelograms are squares almost, yeah. one of those. And then... Um, and then I see, what what is it? Uh, organic. Okay. And I really didn't understand the difference in them. And I don't want to get into the, the weeds here is figuring out, you know, um, essentially free range saying, hey, you know, they, they can go outdoors. They have access to that outdoor space. The the pasture rays, that, that's kind of this, this fantastic to where they have at least a minimum of 108 square feet per chicken. So they really get to just roam free. And then, of course, you know, you're looking for the organic and the still, the still same rules apply. But really, and I'm curious to see, if you've seen this seal, because this is apparently the God's gift, you know, to earth with eggs seal. And what you look for is the stamp of certified humane or the animal welfare approved. Hmm. You know, when I was doing some research, I did see that one. I didn't actually document it, but I do want to push back on one term that you said What's that, that I was, I didn't know this, but when I saw the word free range, um, it actually means that the animal could spend 10 minutes out a month outside or 10 hours a day outside. There's no actual regulation around it. It's just a marketing term. And so maybe, did you say the word pasture-raised or free-range? Yeah, yeah. So pasture-raised, that was the next. That's where okay. it means each uh, hen has 108 square feet of outdoor space. Okay. But then the free-range, it it doesn't actually mean that the, the hens actually go outdoors. Yeah. Um, it just means that It just have... says they're in a small uh, fenced area. It, yeah. It's so maybe just... I was reading one when I was it... trying to speak the other. No, no, it's all right. Um, but that free-range one is completely a marketing lie. From my understanding, it, it in the words that the exact quote, it simply implies that a door exists that a farmer could at some point open. It means that sunlight can be can touch their bodies at some point or another. Um, and so when you see that word "free range," which sounds so good, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's a it's a marketing Man, spoof. These these chickens just out on the open range of the farm. I know, right? Nope, they are cooped up with like one square foot each. Also, the local. So I know I know you try to make a concentrated oh, effort yeah. on buying local. Um, that's actually if it's uh, within four hundred miles. Four hundred miles in the local—that's a little. That's, that's a, a little. That's a stretch. That's a little thick. Like that's, that's not even in your same state most times. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. For us, I mean, we could easily be in another three different states in four hundred miles, and we're a big state. We're one of the yeah. big, bigger states. Well, we could easily be in New Mexico. We could oh, easily yeah. be in Nevada California. and California. Yeah, yeah. Hell, so, could we be in Mexico in four hundred miles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, apparently these two stamps, so just because, you know, I, I kind of wanted to throw off some brands that that would actually yeah, good look idea. for. So Vital Farms, uh, Family Homestead, Oliver's Organic, Happy Egg Co. I've seen that a lot at like Sprouts and Pete and Gary's. Um, and then actually one, one thing's a little bit more accessible nationwide. So Kirkland Organic Eggs at Costco. Yeah. That, that's got the good stamp on it. And that's then also that we buy. Yep. And then also Safeway's cage-free eggs. Shout out, guys. Yeah. Nice job. So those are a little bit more widely accessible, but I also wanted to pay a little homage to the uh, to I, local I love how you're well. shouting out the eggs because eggs are one of those under 
valued, I think, proteins. In it's our, such a good, clean source of protein. It's and fantastic. it's relatively cheap. Good fat. I mean, for a dozen, for a dozen of like you know the pasture raised, you know the actual good eggs. What do you mean, four bucks? Five I was bucks? thinking, you know, let's let's call it five. Yeah. And what that produces at least, I would say three meals, four meals. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, I, mean, I, th- I think yeah. three to four eggs per person. Yeah, yeah. We eat a lot of eggs in my family. Um, you know, we're six eggs a day, seven eggs a day actually now with Lillian. Um, so you know, me oh, okay. and my wife. So you're about three, a, three a dozen a day. Well, well, yeah, seven eggs a day. Yeah, yeah. So we eat a lot of eggs. So. I mean, it doesn't every, every yeah other no. Day. So we eat a lot of eggs um, in my family every day. And that's just breakfast, guys. Sometimes, you know, like last night I threw on uh, three eggs for dinner. So we ate a total of 10 eggs yesterday as a family. That's a lot of eggs. Um, so we go through a lot of eggs. We find it as hopefully my cholesterol is not off the charts. I, I don't know. That's a, I think it's kind of a falsehood nowadays. But shout out to eggs. So, Dude, have you ever looked at the <clears throat> difference between eggs by chance? So you were talking about this the other day, and I looked at it this morning. My yolks are so yellow, and I'm like so confused. I guess I've just never seen a, a, a dull yellow oak. Dude, so yolk. Right whenever, uh, right whenever we got married, and Brittany and I started going uh, grocery shopping together, yeah. you know, she she kind of put her foot down on this, like, hey, no, we need to buy these level, this type of egg. And I was, I was like, Brittany, that's like a dollar, a dollar a carton more. Like, no, that's stupid. <clears throat> you know, of course, like the cheapest, like the yeah, brown box one. An eggs and egg and egg to me. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't care about the pretty colors and pictures on the yeah. box. I could care less. I care about what's inside. Yeah. Well, Big difference. Huge difference. So all of a sudden we were buying just normal, normal eggs, XYZ brand. I don't know. Just probably like the Sprouts regular brand. But yeah, I think one ninety nine, two ninety nine around that time yeah. frame or price range. And it's kind of like this pale yellow. Okay, I don't care. It's an egg. I'm going to scramble it up. I don't care. I'm going to put some other seasoning and stuff. It'll taste fine. And then all of a sudden, we started shifting. And actually, her dry cleaner, they have a little chicken farm. So for only five bucks for a dozen of eggs, and we get to support a small business. So we actually like to do that. That's what we like to lead with as far as our eggs. Oh, you get eggs from them? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. over on uh, Gilbert and Chandler Heights in that little uh, laundromat, or I'm sorry, that uh, dry cleaner's there. Yeah. They actually sell eggs on the side. Oh. Yeah, the owner I had, lives on a chicken farm. So anyways, side note there. Um, so we get a dozen of eggs from there, and all of a sudden we crack it, and, and it's this rich orange yellow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I, I what gotta, the hell? And that's where I went down this rabbit hole. I was like, oh, this is... Yeah, you were mentioning this the other day, and I guess I've never really got value on that, but me, if you have one of those eggs, we're going to crack one tonight or the next time you can send me a photo. Because I just want to compare, like, I'm used to this, because we've been buying almost the exact same eggs for five, six years, so I'm kind of maybe been muted to what the other color could yeah. be. Dude, uh, honestly, next time we hang out on the weekend, yeah. I'll bring over, like, a cheap, cheap, you know, yeah. one ninety nine dozen of eggs, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'll look at the different Do a little comparison. I love that. Okay, yeah. um... One other one I want to talk about, because I think this this one's kind of up and down in the news, GMO. So genetically- oh, GMO, non-GMO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Genetically modified. Um, so there is a stamp called non-GMO, non-GMO Project Verified. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen this stamp. It's actually pretty common on a lot of items nowadays. It's essentially that- um, kind of square with a butterfly on, on like a, a grass leaf, um, blue and green. And what they, they're actually a nonprofit organization as well. They're not a government agency. And what they do is they provide third party labeling, um, in North America for products that are grown without the use of any type of genetic engineering. Um, this is like soybeans, corns, and things like that, that have been kind of modified to be a little bit stronger against certain insects, stronger against certain herbicides. Um, they've been actually, you know, 
genetically modified at like the lowest level, if you think about it, their chemical makeup, so that they are possibly, um, I think Monsanto is one of the strongest ones that, that produce these types of seeds where the actual like corn will not be affected with a pesticide um, because they've been modified to kind of have a non-response to that, which is pretty interesting. And so they're kind of up and down, like, is it bad or is it good for you? I'm not going to kind of state my opinion on that just yet. Probably have a whole episode on GMOs, to be honest, but <clears throat> really just want to talk about the labeling. So what it means is if when that label's on there, it means that it's not going to be produced with any products from GMOs, which you'd be surprised to know that the all the biggest types of uh, produce out there um, are GMO um, are, are, are modified. And so if you think of corn products, if you think of um, any type of grain products, if you think of soybean products, which are almost in every single box of cereal, every single frozen food item, there's going to be some type of GMO in there. Mm. And so it's interesting if there is, if it does have that non-GMO on there, it may or may not be better for you. You know, I don't, I don't really want to say my opinion on if GMOs are bad or good because, you know, honestly, we probably wouldn't have the food production we would without exactly. it. Exactly. I mean, it's very difficult to scale without. Exactly. So that's one other one I want to talk about. Um, those are all the certified ones. Uh, Jared kind of already snuck in a couple of them that are non-certified. And the biggest one that we have kind of danced around and we have not talked about, 100% natural, all oh, natural, yeah, natural. So the term natural, I don't know, Jared, if you want to give a little uh, speak on that one, but how often do you see the word natural on, on food products? I think like well, one out of every two probably. Has I was a word just about natural. to say we this is we try to keep this at an hour podcast, right? So, but like one of <laughs> every. Me, I guess I haven't seen natural on soda. Maybe and I, shit. I think I maybe even seen on some sodas. Like one out of every two products yeah. you probably touch yeah. in a grocery store probably have the word natural on them. Yeah. So, what does it mean? <laughs> well, what does it not? mean? I'll say a whole hell of a lot of nothing, honestly. So, <laughs> essentially. Um, so oftentimes people get confused with natural and organic. They just think it's synonymous or they yeah. think it's interchangeable actually. Yeah. Um, so just a quick little chart. So um, if a food, how it's grown is no toxic and persistent pesticides, no synthetic growth hormones, no petroleum-based fertilizers, no cloning, that's all going to be in the organic side to whereas natural that can have all the toxic pesticides and synthetic growth hormones and all that stuff. Um, now, where natural is going to get you a little bit of savings there is, is it's going to be um, it, by a company-company basis. No arbitrary third-party regulation actually uh, controls this, but hopefully with good faith and you know an ethical company, um, what you can reasonably expect from a natural company is there's going to be no artificial colors or flavors, no artificial preservatives, no uh, irritated products or ingredients, and non-GMO. That, that's usually what you get with uh Natural. See, I didn't see the non-GMO. I, I think GMOs are fine in natural products, but um, I mean, according to really uh, organic, it's worth it. Dot org. Uh, huh? No GMOs is natural again, but there's no overarching yeah. third party yeah. certifying. It. So unless it has that so, stamp on it, exactly. So this is really just it, it's a company by company basis because it's not really regulated. Yeah. So if it says the word natural on there, you can kind of take it at face value. Um, but the USDA, the FDA, they say, hey guys, don't put co artificial color and flavors in there. Otherwise, we're not going to kind of dock you. Yeah. That's what I kind of read. Um, so the word natural really doesn't have like a, what would you say? Like it doesn't really have like a strong standing almost if it's on a product. Oh, it just sounds sexy, but it actually means nothing. Exactly. Like it maybe there's good intentions perhaps from a company that actually cares, but there could also be malintentions from companies that don't care. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people that are just trying to like skate 
skate by and kind of earn a buck, shave some margin. I'm sorry, increase their margin a little bit. Yeah. They'll put that's the where you can put the natural, there. make it big, beautiful font, high contrast colors, all that towards really appealing. Yep. And that's where you're going to eh, kind of get into it. Um, something else that I feel like we can kind of skirt and buy a little bit is the cost. That's the first thing you hear as far as, well, eating healthy is just, it's just so costly. Oh, dude, I didn't even do any research on this. So I love you brought this up. Yeah. So um, that's just often a pushback here. So this is actually really interesting. So, I mean, this is WebMD. And so I feel like a, rel- a relatively reputable spores. Um, so the difference between a, a healthy diet, you know, one in those high fruits, high veggies, nuts, fish, et cetera, and, and kind of that unhealthy diet is really only $1.50 per person per day. I, I think I've used this stat. And, and, and that's, that's going to equate to around $2,200 a year for a family of four, right? Which is that kind of that average family. That's, that's like, not okay, much. Well, well how, do I, how do I really understand what is $2,200? Because I don't think that's that much. And there's a, you know, let's say you, let's say you're a smoker. Chances are you're going to spend $22,000. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. $2,200 per year. On just cigarettes? On just cigarettes. And that's just per person. Oh my gosh. So, okay, Jared, what if I don't smoke? All right, cool. Got it. So let's say, um, you know, the average family spends, uh, I'm sorry, the average family, uh, you know, I'm assuming two adults in the household, they're going to spend $1,200 a year on alcohol. Okay. Well, Jared, I don't smoke and I don't drink. All right. Got it. The average family spends over $1,200 a year on fast food. $1,200? Yeah. Okay. So you got, you, the money's there. Yeah. That's what you're getting. So the average, I'm sorry, the average person spends $1,200 a, a year on For fast a family food. four, that'd be 4000 4800 Yeah. So there's, there's your, uh, there's your 2200. So it's really interesting. Now, granted where the quote unquote healthier foods get labeled as these more expensive is, Oh, you have to go to whole foods. Oh, you have to know, go to natural grocers. Oh, you have to go to sprouts. Yeah. Which, you know, it's funny. We that's, used to, oh, that's when you pay a premium. Whenever you go to whole foods, whole paycheck, you know, that kind of whole, you know, that's real. Sorry. hundred percent. Sorry. Dig on Amazon. I guess there. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. But, uh, <laughs> He knows it. He's doing all right. Yeah, I think he's got okay. <laughs> but that's where you can actually understand, okay, now you're going to be paying a premium, right? Because it, yeah. it's an experience that they're selling as well as the product, the superior product. But yeah. you can get healthy foods at Kroger, at Albertsons, at Safeway, et cetera. I mean, these national grocery chains, Oh yeah, you can get healthy food. Now yeah. we're just trying to educate you on the different labels. Yep. But this stigma that, oh, eating healthy, now it takes a lot more effort oh, to yeah. cook your food, to chop your vegetables, to eat your fruit, et cetera. That's, that's an effort base. Now, that's a different conversation. But as far as the sheer cost, it, it's, it's a lot more affordable. advantageous and affordable, thank you, than people are making it out to be. Dude, I love that you brought that up. And I, I think I didn't I use that stat on a previous one where you were blown away with that. And you didn't actually believe me. And now you're actually quoting a very similar one. I think I did. I, I know. I just can't remember which episode you would have. I know. That. And I put it in there. And I was like, dude, I think the cost for eating healthy is actually a lot less than a lot of people believe it is. So I'm glad that you uh, bring it up now and are, are actually almost restating it. What was it? Just so uh, one more time, one eighty or how, how much? Oh, one dollar and fifty cents per person per day D- to eat healthy. healthy. Yep. Now the term healthy is a little misleading, unfortunately, as well. It's a little marketing it, it, splash here. And I actually there was one more term I wanted to get out, and then so, we'll talk so about. So I, I get it. It's not exactly. I know. It's a very difficult term to define. Yeah. However, I believe the intent behind my, I know the intent behind yeah. my stat was it's not like, oh, well, that's just for the elite. 
No, no, no. Anyone can reasonably save a dollar fifty more per day per oh, yeah. person in your family to put good fruits, good veggies, good nuts, good good fats. We know this personally. Like I and I think you you can I can speak for you. We grocery shop and we cook a vast majority of our own meals. Oh yeah. Right. And so I know that me and my family, we save a lot of money because every single time I go out, I'm like, holy smokes, I just spent as much money as, as I would week. for a week. Right. When On I one cook. meal. Yes. And so I know that by grocery shopping and being kind of diligent, and I think I said maybe an episode or two back, like I'm trying to get my wife to start clipping coupons because I want to buy the best food at the grocery store. And I know it's more expensive. But I'd rather buy it and cook it and, and, you know, it's just such a better attitude towards, you know, what you're putting in your body. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it's fun to, to go to, like, a new restaurant oh, or yeah. meet up with friends for drinks and a meal. Like, yeah. sure, that's great and everything. Yeah. But uh, the, the fact still remains is you do not need to spend an ungodly amount of money to, to put healthy fruits and veggies no. on your own. When you're eating three times a day, you're looking at what can I eat that's affordable. And quite frankly, produce just isn't that expensive. It's, oh, no. Even close. So, what um, we about to say? Oh, actually, thing. we just we just got into our, our second beer. You Let's finish it real this, quick? Okay. Uh, and then we'll get into that. One last thing I wanted to jump into, just because I I, I was thinking it might be important. Oh, oh yeah, uh, heart healthy. And so this is another term that you see on a lot of like whole grain cereals, whole grain oats, whole grain things that like kids eat a lot of. So if you go down like the three aisles in the middle of the store that are like kind of like. Things that you probably buy for your kiddos. Things yeah. that if you remember from your childhood that you would buy a lot of. You know, think of that box of Cheerios. Cheerios. I was just yeah, about think of that Cheerios. box of Fruit Loops. And it says on there, in the in the top right hand corner, there's that heart healthy. May lower cholesterol. Exactly. <laughs> Might not. May though. That term is so misleading. It 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 is it is a FDA term that they have kind of given to high, uh, foods that are high in whole grains. So if it's high in whole grains, you get that stamp of approval. Hmm. And there's a reason that's there is that they want people that produce grains to produce more grains, right? And they want um, cereal producers to produce more cereal. And so it's a little bit of a um, farming subsidy thing. Like, hey, we're going to help you guys sell more products by giving you that stamp. But there's been very little correlation to those foods actually providing help to people with like heart disease and things like that. Um, and in some cases, foods with high carbohydrate numbers, which grains are high in carbs, can actually contribute to weight gain, which can contribute to, of course, heart disease. And so um, I'm not saying that it's like a you know one-for-one one correlation, but um, whenever you see that stamp heart healthy, <laughs> you know if you're worried about heart disease and things like that, you probably shouldn't be buying anything out of a box. That's kind of what I, I would try to contribute. You probably should be buying something that's, you know, a vegetable, a fruit, a piece of meat, things out of boxes have been processed, which we'll get into in our next opinion episode here, or next opinions here after this uh, little beer. Who we got today, Jared? Yeah, so like I said, man, we got uh, New Belgium's Agent 77 IPA. Whew. Like From I said, kind Booty of like, Ranger, huh? Yeah, kind of like a fun skeleton James Bond. I love that. He's got like his passport there in his uh, pocket. You see the little gold. What do they What do they call those on the uh, the cufflinks? Is that a couple? Ooh, Yeah. Gold it matches tooth. his gold tooth. So the only thing that's out of place, uh, passport's fine, the uh, the gold tooth's fine, but the hat. What's up with the, the hat? Is that like a Voodoo Ranger staple or something? Well, I don't know. I actually it's... think it's kind of weird that a skeleton's wearing sunglasses. He has no eyes. Well, that's what's out of place. Okay, okay. I didn't, I didn't go that deep. Come on now. So um, this is a New Belgium beer, which, man, 
how many new Belgians are we gonna do, man? I feel like it's like number four or five. Is it really? I think so. I feel like I do Saint Archer a lot. Oh yeah, they got cool packaging, man. Like yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a sucker for bright colors. These guys, <laughs> these guys do a great job with their whole uh, skeleton thing. Like it's kind of like a fun look, right? I like it. What are you going for a, a rating on this one? Let's see, man. I like how we always have to do like a sip. When we like, do like I forgot that first beer almost. You know, like I'm, I'm so sophisticated here. I'm like. <sighs> Clean our palates <laughs> within beers. Yeah, but we got a little thing of chocolate to really, yeah. Um, um, dude, I think this is actually solid. I think this is better than last week's. Has a little bit more punch for me. Um, I'm probably gonna go probably back to my traditional IPA rank. I'm probably gonna go that high, high threes. I'm feeling, I feel, I feel confident at three nine here. Wow, I'm giving this a four zero. Whoa, higher than you on an IPA, buddy. Whoa, um, this is a great beer. Uh, you guys. Agent 77 IPA, if this is not a year-round beer, you guys are messing up. This is, a, this is a fantastic IPA Whoa. for a non-IPA drinker. Um, and for being a 7.7, uh, what is that? Yeah, 7.7 yeah, 7. 7. ABV. Yeah. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are killing it. Like, it's a great taste. It's smooth enough for a non-IPA drinker to drink. Dude, it was, it was so funny. So I don't, remember, I don't remember what I, So first of all, I actually kind of want to re-listen. And I'm probably going to fast forward to our beer rating. I, I think this is the first time that you've ever outranked me on a 100%, IPA. 100%. So it's kind of funny. But anyways, um, I think I told you we had some friends over from the gym and, and they're frequent listeners. And so we're having dinner. And I, I forgot what I cooked. And I bought a 12-pack. And I was like, oh, guys, uh, the, the guy's name is Jeff. I was like, hey, Jeff, we can only actually have three of these each because... You need the other six? I need the other six for the podcast on Tuesday. And uh, anyway, so uh, Angie's her name. She goes, "Oh, wh what's your rating on this?" I was like, "No, I, I come on. You gotta, you gotta wait a few weeks till the episode is released. You know, I can't, I can't let the cat out of the bag." So I love that. This kind of got me. Uh, I love that, man. But I think, I think uh, that was a Voodoo Ranger. That's what I'm thinking. Having about. having listeners over at the house, man. It, so are all trying to solicit, man. <laughs> are all listeners invited over to that place or what? What's the rule? Yeah, man. I actually just moved. Uh, my name, my cross streets are Power and Germain. Um, more than happy to, I got a nice big backyard, so more than happy to have all, all of our listeners over. That'd be fun to do some in-person. What if we did a couple of, uh, like arena type things where we actually do like these on stage and we actually have like an audience listen to us and we drink some beer and we actually pass out beers to people in the audience. That'd God. be cool, right? Dude, I'd love that, man. Do like 1,500 people, 2,000 people listening to us. And Why we, stop it there? No, I'm saying for the first couple, like let's test it out first Invite off. it to the world, man. I love Take it. live questions too, really see how we dance. Oh. <sighs> Dude, that'd be actually kind of fun. Like a little bit of a, almost like debate-ish uh, live. We'd have to pick a, we'd have to pick one that both of us are pretty passionate about. And, and we need to invite our Canadian friends up there. And I don't know if they're allowed to come down here yet. You're true. That's true. Okay, dude. So let's get into some opinions here about food labels. Um, I think most of our listeners at this point probably are a little frustrated because they probably didn't know all of the confusion around the label. Dude, I was pissed when I was reading this. Okay. So how do you fix this? Because... Uh, we can, let's talk about our opinions first, and then we'll talk about how we can fix it. My opinion is, it's confusing, but food, there's so many options. Like, why wouldn't it be confusing? So I'm okay with there being options. That's that's great. There's different palettes. There's, it's melting pot for a reason. That's what we get nicknamed as America. So yeah. I love all the different options, the Mexican, the Italian, the, the Greek, all that stuff. It's awesome. Love yeah. it. Love it all. Yeah. My problem is, is all these damn marketing teams that have, you know, paid off certain people at, you know, certain government organizations to where we make up new 
terms. rules and new terms for, for being okay. To where it's misleading. It's, I, I can't say it's intentionally misleading, but it's intentionally differentiating from the norm, i.e. organic. That's what marketing is, though. And marketing is always kind of like on the bounds of like illegal and like making their products sell better, right? And so, and you know, everybody loves good marketing. Like, you know, there's a reason Coca-Cola is like so good at what they do. Like, it's not because their drink is so much better than everybody else. It's because they're the best marketers. Let's be honest. So, unless we want to make marketing illegal, which I don't think nope. me and you nope. are not for because nope. we would be really crazy. broke too individually. Yeah, we'd be broke, but we also, it just doesn't make sense. Right. So we can't say we want to regulate against marketing, but also like, just think about this. Me and you just voted right here on this beer, right? We, we just tasted it and I gave it a four Oh and you give it like a three eight. And every week we do that. Every single Tuesday. Yeah. And we can be completely different than the next two guys. We can be completely different than the next now every single time are we wrong or are we right neither right this time you probably thought i was gonna give this a 3-0 i give it a 4-0 right so even though you know me very well i have a different taste and i have kind of different types of thinking so i'm just wondering like these farmers they're like yeah i'm doing a really good job i'm raising my stuff naturally right i'm giving it corn that corn is natural antibiotics i take antibiotics i've taken antibiotics that's natural Hormones, yeah, yeah, steroids, yeah. I've taken some of those in the gym, right? I'm just saying, like, those are all things that are semi-natural, and so there's kind of like this weird thing where people can kind of persuade themselves. I, I, I would just argue that taking steroids and I know isn't natural. Well, I'm not saying steroids. I what, growth hormone, and so I mean, yes, we all have we all have it in our growth bodies. hormone, but whenever you start taking excess, excess. Yeah, no, I get it. That that one's a weird one, right? So, okay, let's. I, may, I might have pushed too yeah. far there. You, you pulled the marketing on me. You I know, did. You towed it, and then you stepped over the line. I did, I did. The, the steroids <laughs> was actually, like, way over. Like, they don't even use the word steroid, even though technically. You know, so so here's where I'm at, man. You see what I'm trying to say, though? I, I, I get it. I, I get it. And look, hats too, off to all confusing. you little creative marketing people out there. Love y'all. <laughs> Love y'all. Like I said, I have benefited, personally, and my family have benefited greatly off of fantastic marketing teams. Shout out to our marketing team. But my point is, I feel like right now we're, we're spending a lot of time being half pregnant. And what I mean by that is you are or you aren't. Are you good for me or are you not? not let's not do natural. Let's not do cage-free and pasture-raised and organic and mostly organic and almost organic. Like, you know what I mean? Like Either you are or you aren't. See, I just don't know if you can do that because... okay. If, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, oranges, right? Oranges have a thousands of oranges, right? And there's a pretty thick skin on them. Okay. So I don't eat the skin. Do you? The peel? Yeah. Oh, okay. They spray pesticides probably on oranges and the trees and stuff. I don't fucking care. Cause guess what? I'm peeling that thing off and I'm eating the inside. I'm just wondering, oranges are probably still good for you. So just because it's not organic doesn't mean it's not good for you. You see, you see how it's not black and white there? Well, I would argue, I mean, and, and this, is, this is a little bit in the food chemistry, and this is way beyond my expertise. So it suck right. in it? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a reasonable expectation that it actually absorbs. Yeah. Right? But that, that's how it actually continues to grow is it, is it takes in yeah, all the things I, through its skin to grow, right? No, no, no. So most fruits use that as a protective coating, so not let things in. 
it actually allows it so that worms and insects and chemicals can't penetrate the skin. It's actually a really great coating. And and so most citrus, I should I'll say. I say, what about edible skins? Like, like apples. apples. Grapes. Uh, I don't know too much about those, but I know citrus specifically. And, and this is probably why there's not a lot of organic citrus, because it doesn't really matter, right? Oh, because they obviously lose product by not uh, spraying it with pesticides. Yeah, and I don't know if they have to use a lot of pesticides because they're so they're already got like a, such a natural defense mechanism, right? Citrus does, and so I might be talking a little bit out of my ass here, but me and Anna have done actually a good amount of research on what what fruits and vegetables we should be buying. So, like strawberries, for example, always buy strawberries that are organic. Never ever buy normal strawberries. Like we never will do it. Apples are kind of weird. Some apples you should always buy organic. Others are almost always organic by nature because just they're such a small group, right? So the farmers don't really have another option. So there's some kind of like little like ins and outs, but I'm just wondering, like, I don't know if it's as black and white. And this is why I think it's a little confusing. Like some farmers are like, guys, I do really good. Like my shit's organic. I just don't pay for like the, all the rules to put the organic stamp on it. Now that's interesting because, you know, for example, there are companies that like are, your eggs, your eggs that you buy, those are organic. Do they have the stamp? Yeah, they they, they pay. Oh, I'm sorry, from the little uh, yeah cleaner. No, that's but they're organic. Hell, I don't even know if they file taxes, dude. Exactly. But you see what I'm saying? <laughs> it's literally recycled egg cartons that they use. Yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Like like that's organic eggs. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things, man. Where that's interesting. I think you just brought up a pretty thought provoking point there, because I, for example, let's say I work at a company. And the owner of our company owns 51%. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she's obviously a female there, and she happens to be a minority. Let's just call her Mexican. The company would actually potentially only pay for one of the quote-unquote certifications, i.e. they can pay for minority-owned or they could pay for woman-owned. I mean, they could pay for both, but both are wildly expensive. Yeah. So to your point, I think what you're trying to drive towards, saying, hey, I'm, I'm Farmer Jones right now. Farmer Jones. Hey, I'm I'm growing real honest, good oranges, right? I'm doing right by my customers. Uh-huh. I stand by my product. However, in order to provide a good price to my customer, yeah, I can't afford to pay the X amount of. I can only assume hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm a pretty good outfit over here. I can't afford to pay the hundred thousand dollars to the USDA to get this damn stamp. And you're probably smaller because most of these organic guys are probably smaller than the big guys. Now that's interesting as far as and. and I think we are speaking of us. I can only reasonably assume, and I think you can too, that it does cost some sort of fee or recurring. I don't know what it would well, be. Well, they have to come to in get and the audit USDA. your farm. Yeah. And you have to also provide, um, like, the like. okay, just for example, the three-year thing. That seems like the most costly about ever, ever, everything. I have to have land and not produce anything on it for three years before I can call it organic. What a pain in the ass. Right? So, so one thing I could do is I can produce non-organic food right? Not label it organic and sell it at the normal price point. So non-organic because I can't put the stamp on it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some farmers out there right now that I guarantee that are trying to get that organic stamp on, on their food and are having to sell their food at a loss, right? So they're selling some oranges, can't sell them at organic because they can't put the stamp on it yet, mm-hmm. but they're having to produce oranges and they're selling them and there's like, I'm breaking even. So do you think that's where the, the JV organics, the naturals, the world get introduced because they're uh-huh. in that three-year time frame. Yeah, or that or that cool stamp that I found called certified natural grown, like saying, "Hey guys, we're trying to get there. It's just, we haven't made the three-year mark yet." 
Like we're trying to like we're doing everything right. We're hmm. doing all the other hoops, but we haven't made the three year land thing yet. And so that could be really hard because three years, man, if you're not even breaking even for three years, you might not have a business in three years. Well, think about it from an investor standpoint. Oh, if I, if is, I'm an investor, hold on, I need I need to wait how long for for how much return on my money? And farmers are slim. Markets. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so slim. So so I have to wait three years and I get kind of piped in the end. Yeah, you're not <laughs> no, getting any. M- money. Mr. Oil, come here. Exactly. Especially right now. And so, um, so anyways, just kind of think about like that terminology. I don't like that we're forcing farmers to kind of use these, some, some terminologies here. Now, I get it. There's some big companies that take advantage of it. Like, I don't think Farmer Jones is like, I'm going to call my shit or, uh, natural and not actually make it or natural. Like, I think most people have pretty good intent there. It's when you get to those bigger food companies that start marketing foods that are really probably not even close to natural that I'm like, okay, guys, this is absurd. You know, it, what do we got here? I don't want to show, throw shade to Gatorade or anything like that. But if they threw the label natural on here, would it be believable at all? No. Okay, but they could. I'm sure, yeah. I mean, it's not really regulated. Exactly, it's not. I'm sure there might be a food coloring in here. Oh, there is Red 40. So they probably would have a problem at it. Take out the Red 40, though, and you could do it. But I just don't think the farmers of today, are, I don't know, are you looking this up right now? What are you looking at? So what I'm trying to look up. I think it might be hard, man. And it's going to be very difficult in a very short amount of time like this. But okay. So, so in the food world, there are things that like, you know, uh, monopolies and oligopies essentially to oh, where, 100%. to where one Pepsi to three General Mills, one to three companies truly own. So for example, 93% of sodas Americans drink are owned by three companies. Oh, yeah. So that's where, look, do Farmer Joneses of the world exist? Bet your ass, duh, of yeah. course. I'm an idiot if I said I didn't. But the vast majority, and a lot of the times that we try to get to and drive towards in these podcasts is we, ha- we, we, we can't make exceptions and, and rules for, for the one-offs, right? We, we can't make them for the outliers. Yeah, but so I'm talking, so it's So they can afford is what I'm saying. They can afford the land purchase. They can afford the the certifications to where you are, you aren't. Okay, so or you can limit their ownership, I guess. Interesting. So, uh, whenever I'm talking about food, and maybe this is just me and you being a little different here on where we're coming from, I'm thinking of the non-branded foods, commodity items. Oh, okay, like fruits and veggies, like produce. You're meat, thinking cheese. See, meat meat is interesting because of Tyson. I don't buy any of that stuff. Cheese is interesting because of Tillamook and Kraft. Okay, but most of it's not it, like it's pretty non-marketed. Like it's not. I, I can I can only I I can't give you meat and cheese. I can give you fruits and veggies. Though. No meat meat is like if you're gonna buy a steak, what do you buy? You're buying it from the butcher. Like if you're gonna yeah, buy I guess steak, I guess I mean really what you look for is the prime and prime choice. So bingo. I guess you're not really looking for the brands. Okay, I'll give you that for 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 beef. Cheese, dude, you're but just because brand half the time. And and what about milk? Uh, I say milk is a commodity. When I say cheese, I meant dairy. Ah, okay, okay. Then I'll give you that. Dairy We're just going to talk about uh, yogurt. Yeah. Yep. So whenever I'm talking about all this, like I feel like those are the root products. Now this is interesting because we should do a whole episode on like what food you should be buying if you want to live longer or something. I don't know. Um, but I'm talking about like the I can't commodity. Wait for us to get sued. Hey, if you live, if you buy X, Y, and Z, you're going <laughs> to live forever. No one says forever, longer. Ah, that's a nice little marketing ploy. But, so you're talking about the branded items, like sodas and um, cereals, things like that. (sighs) 
maybe the maybe the term shouldn't be used on that. Okay, hey, I wanted to bring this up, and you just, opened, you just opened your uh, last beer. And so you're I, babysitting I, your second. So oh my god, come on now. I'm I'm being Agent Seven uh, Seven IPA. You know what's crazy, man? In, in PepsiCo, I don't think to include myself. I, I'm guilty in this. I just read this interesting stat. They own so much. PepsiCo owns five of the most popular dip brands for a total of 88% of the market. Pepsi Company. They, they own the so people that food. you think just own the soda. No. Bro, PepsiCo is freaking huge. It's funny because Coca-Cola makes pretty much one product. They're bigger in the entire world, right? Which is kind of weird because they're brand. But PepsiCo... Is like one out of every five products you put in your shopping cart, PepsiCo owns. You're wild, man. And you think of them because of the soda. They're like, yeah, right, uh-huh, uh-huh. and all these other... Like, yeah, we're really competing against Coke. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Bro, they the C- are... The CEO of PepsiCo, too, she is a genius. I've listened to a whole thing I'm on. She is brilliant. Do you uh, listen to what... I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot here if you can't really think of it. Do you, do you remember what I would... I'm sure our um, listeners would like to, and I would too, of course. Yeah, I believe she was on. Does that mean like a How Are You Built This with Guy Raz or? <sighs> you know, it was either that one or A Coffee with the Greats. Um, Coffee with the Greats. I don't think I've heard of that, man. Is yeah. that a good podcast? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Coffee yeah. Shout out to with, those guys. I'm... Coffee with the Greats. I believe it was either that one, How I Built This, or it could have been a TED Talk. But the PepsiCo CEO, I think she might have retired either last year or the year before. Um, she, I think she was one of might be the first like Indian American female or, or woman to run like a, a fortune 500 company or something like that. But Coffee she with the Grace, brilliant. Do you, do you know if it's like still going on? I see the last episode is August of 21 with Condoleezza Rice. I, I don't know. Uh, they do seasons. Ah, so they do like six or seven episodes a year, man. They did a uh, Herb Kellner. That's cool. Oh, with yeah. Southwest. Yeah, I, I listened to him with Guy Raz. He did a fantastic. That's an interesting story he, there. He, Turkey. His uh, wild turkey uh, whiskey, he made sure. Oh, yeah. I love that. Roger Staubach. All right, cool, yeah. man. I got to get this one to listen. That's cool. Oh, Jamie Dimon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I would love to see that one. And that's in July of 2020. I'd be curious to see his take. What, probably three months in the world shutting down, Jamie Dimon did one with uh, Coffee with the Greats there. Yeah, I, I got to no probably listen to that. Course, what's going to happen, but. That'll be cool. Um, okay, so this is what I was kind of looking at. So a group out of Brazil, um, they developed what they call the Nova Scale. No idea what this stands for, but Nova Scale is what it's called. And I wouldn't mind maybe changing this up. And, I, you know, I was thinking actually of like the, the floor plan of grocery stores. I think it's so – and I get it, guys. This is a business model. They're trying to sell more stuff. They, they lure you into the middle of the store, which is all the high-margin, high-profit products. But I would love to see all these products sectioned and based in these groups. I don't know if this is a, an aspiration or just a, a, a crazy thing here, but I would love to know if people are going to eat this stuff and it's going to contribute to their lifespan and you know their ability to um, pass yeah, on so genes. Yeah, so you just simply want to take away people's choice. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no, no, I get really, it. No, no, I want them to choose. I just want them to know what they're choosing. So this is what I was saying. Like, I don't care. Offer all of these things. Like, I'm going to buy a bag of pa- potato chips. You know, once in a while, I'm going to buy the you know ice cream. I don't care. I'm going to buy all of it. But knowing what I'm buying, I think that's one of the things that's frustrating to you is, is that I would agree. when I buy stuff, I want to know if it's like the organic, is it natural, or is this like the highly processed shit that I only want to buy once a month? Like, I, I just want to know. And so they what they did is, is this, these guys, little group of scientists, they said, hey, we're going to group foods into four different groups. 
First group is minimally processed and unprocessed foods. Think of your nuts, your fruits, your grains, your beans, your nuts, your meats, all your things that pretty much have gone through no processing or minimal such as roasting, boiling, or pasteurization just to increase the shelf life or just to place it on the shelf, right? So if beans, you're pretty much dehydrating, you know, meats, you're just pretty much cutting, uh, some vegetables, you may be, you know, uh, trimming, things like that. So minimally processed. These are kind of your things that you call a whole food. Okay. I like it, man. So, so you're thinking that people are going to kind of get a little bit better understanding of the supermarket. Like, Hey, you're not BSing me. Like, I know what I'm getting here, and I know I'm going to make some bad decisions every once in a while. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's your first group. That's all minimal. Okay, the whole in the whole part of that gro- uh, grocery store, that's all your minimally – like, this stuff is all your commodity items that are probably your actual lowest cost, which is hilarious because yeah. they're probably the best for you. Yeah. Next group, processed culinary ingredients. Interesting. These are foods that are from nature um, but have been minimally processed, such as olive oil, maple syrup, salt. So things that come out of nature but have to kind of be extracted to some extent. Like maple yep. syrup. You got to kind of work to get that stuff out of a tree. Mm-hmm. It's not like it just like bleeds maple syrup. Okay. Number three, um, items that have um, added ingredients such as salt, sugar, other substances to change their color or taste. So now you're starting to get into processed foods, right? This would be like fresh bread perhaps. Fruit and syrup. So if you think of yogurt that has added fruit to the bottom, right? These are things that have added cheese, which a lot of people don't realize. Unless you're buying cheese from a block, has added ingredients so it doesn't coagulate. Okay. Here's the one that I think we all want a red flag. Every one of our listeners, me and you, ultra processed foods. These are ingredients that you probably can't name. They're extremely convenient, highly palatable. We love eating them. High sugar, high fat, high salt. Bingo. Hilarious. High in sugar, (laughs) refined grains, fats, (laughs) preservatives, and salt. Exactly what you thought they were. Yep, yep. Right? So they pretty much are made in a lab foods that you can, what they stated, you could not make in your kitchen if you wanted to. And those are the, you cannot make them in your kitchen. None of these foods are possible to make in your kitchen, right? A machine, so a machine has to make them for you. There's no copycat recipes. No, out there. nope. These are all machine-made things, and those are the things that I think a lot of people don't realize. And it's funny because some of these items on here you would think are are um, healthy. So let's go through a, just a few of them. Yeah, that give you me a couple, man. Yeah. How about a prepackaged bread or a bun? Oh, those aren't really that bad. So Wonder Bread. Could you make that in your kitchen? No. Wow. Right? Some breads, yes. Wonder bread? No. What about a um, powdered or packaged instant soup? Nope. There's ingredients in there that allow it to not coagulate. You have no access to them. You cannot buy them unless you are a chemical company. (laughs) Okay. What about um, energy and protein bars? You're kidding me. Ultra processed foods. You cannot make them in your kitchen. Now, you can make some items. That's why Cliff Bars made such a big deal, right? Cliff Bars, you can make, right? Because they have minimal ingredients. Most um, energy bars. I'm which, sure, like maybe like the RX bars too, I'm assuming. Well, yeah, yeah you can make those. Yeah, Exactly, right? So there's a funny thing because now there's a shift from the So maybe like bar. the chewy ones, the ones that you and I grew up on. That's what I was going to say. Me and you grew up and we're like, man, we're going for the best taste. 
Hell well, yeah. Chocolate chip chewy bars are it, awesome. I still if, love those exactly. things. Exactly. And you look at the ingredients list and you're like, oh my gosh. I can't pronounce half that shit. Exactly. And so, you know, we think of like an energy bar or a protein bar as healthy, ultra pasteurized. You can't make it in your kitchen. Probably not going to be the best thing. There's probably, there's something in there that they're making it with that's just not natural hmm. whatsoever. Now, again, natural will be on there. Try to make it. If you can't make it in your kitchen, it's probably not natural. You know, that's a really good point, man. So what do you think about those? What do you think about dividing so, the stores up? So I actually, I actually love where your head and heart's at on this one. My thing is, is, so I just actually Googled this because I didn't know we were going to go down this track. McDonald's, and I would say it's, it's widely known that I don't think there's a thing on McDonald's to where... What is McDonald's? I've never heard of it. Uh, it has that, that golden arch. <laughs> yeah. Ron, Ronald McDonald? No, no. Anyway, it's like Coca-Cola, McDonald's. Probably the most widely known brands in the world. Yep. Just topped. Last year alone in revenue. $23 billion. McDonald's. Would you Would you say it's safe to say that McDonald's has limited to no healthy you know what the, the common person would call healthy items on their menu? You know what? I think I would have a couple of years back, but I think McDonald's has actually made a significant investment in making more healthy food options. Now, I don't know if they're, if they're getting used. You know, I don't think people go to McDonald's for a salad right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, honestly, I have never been to a McDonald's. I'm going to say in the last... I'm 20... I'm 30... I'm going to say 15 years. You know, I, I remember going to McDonald's and begging my mom to do that back when I was before a teenager. But I think in the last 10 to 15 years, I have not been to a McDonald's. Yep. Um, okay, so so valid point. And hey, kudos to McDonald's because I've seen a couple commercials where they are advertising apple slices for Happy Meals yes, and all yes. that shit. Okay, cool. They're trying. They're really trying. Yeah, yeah, cool. They're trying. Do you know what their number one selling item is? The Big Mac. Well, actually, that's two. French fries is number one. Oh, Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. So again, the McGriddle. So, yeah. so, so I get, I, I love, again, your head and heart's in the right place, but I'm sorry. Americans are fat and lazy for a reason. Fuck. And they're going to continue to be fat and lazy until they, this is where I'm going to put the onus on you. Again, me, I'm going to put the onus on you, but also I'm going to put the onus on the marketing teams. And I know I kind of hated on them a little bit earlier on because how often do you see a, Kind of like a like a, a teaching commercial. Hey, so so you and I, we work out a lot. Our wives work out a lot. We we are, we are healthy families, right? I think it's a it's a reasonable um, label, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. For for whatever inherent reason, our our families just are just wired like, hey, outside of Tuesday nights, we're, we're not going to drink during the week, right? We're gonna we're gonna live a healthy lifestyle. Why is that? Just be, be, because we think it's right. How many commercials have you seen to maybe tell you the harmful effects of eating a McDonald's French fries or a Big Mac or double cheeseburger or double quarter pounder or Whopper or Jack in the Box tacos, whatever it is, all these big. So I'm actually going to put the onus, hey, I get it. You guys are kind of forming a monopoly and oligopoly in the food industry. Spend some of these marketing dollars that you try to, uh, you know, kind of lure me in and educate the consumer base on these highly processed. How many people know that there's not a chance in hell you could recreate a chewy bar or not a chance in hell you could recreate, you know, maybe a powdered soup? You know, of course, once you say it out loud, it's kind of like a, a no shit, Jared. But that, that's, that's such an interesting, and I love the way you position that, 
there is no way, unless you're a chemical company, and, and I know we've we've touched on you know prior prior episodes as far as chemicals, you know, yeah. so we're intentionally you know um, capitalizing on on the severity of the word. But this one actually is a no kidding what you would traditionally think a chemical company is. I think you have chemists making these foods, exactly a food chemist. So maybe just chemist honestly in some cases. Like let me give him a pass unless I cook food chemists, right? <laughs> We're going to have Walter White making these soups, right? <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, okay. So, do, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think an education needs to happen, man. And so, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying, push back, push I'm back. trying to make this work in my head. McDonald's, our number one and our number two items, French fry and Big Mac. Yep. Correlate to, let's, let's say it's 1,200 calories. Sounds about right. Burger and fries, maybe, maybe actually 1,500 calories. Yeah, give it to me hard here because oh. I'm I'm gonna say fifteen hundred calories and it might be more. Like I don't think I'm on the light side here. That's <clears throat> some people's full calorie intake for the entire day. So a large fry, not the extra large, not the super large, large fry, which is reasonable at McDonald's is five hundred. Okay, and the Big Mac and the Big Mac all day nine hundred nine hundred all day. I think you're light, man. Let's see. Oh wow, wow! Kudos to McDonald's. Only six hundred. Okay, so, so that's eleven hundred. Okay, so my first guess was right. You were. Wow, I thought it was way okay. higher. Okay, so eleven hundred. So you got eleven hundred. Drink calories. that kills people. <gasps> oh no! Put a put put a uh, large coke. coke. In. Yeah, put a large coke in there. Oh man, that's probably three hundred. There we go, fifteen hundred. Yeah, I Shit. think you're right. Oh my god, I forgot about the drink, dude. The drink fucking just three hundred. There yep. it is. Okay, there's so, a fifteen. So there's your fifteen hundred calories. Oh man, I thought that was light. Fifteen hundred calories is probably what a let's just say an average, mostly sedimentary adult should be eating a day right 2000 is what the fda and yep. all the people say that's what some activity during the day if you're not getting in 20 30 minutes of exercise a day you're probably closer to 15 1800 calories a day that means you're getting one big mac one fry one soda how many people are doing that <sighs> small amount and so i'm just wondering why would mcdonald's to your point say hey you know what we get a Big Mac, a fries, and an, a large Coke every single day from some people. Why would we ever tell people that it's a bad idea? No, 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 no. I'm not expecting McDonald's and Jack in the Box and Burger King to... Who else has got this marketing money? I'm expecting the organic companies. They don't have that money, dude. They, they, no, 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 no. They don't have that. So if I'm an organic kale farmer... Uh-uh. Why do you think... Why do you think companies like, um, uh, it's not Vans, what's that? Tom's. Why do you think companies like Tom's right now are succeeding? Whether you think it's you know smart to give needing children you know, shoes or not, mm -hmm. they are succeeding. Excuse me. And that's a whole different episode as far as the buy one, get one thing. But why do you think they're succeeding? Because people want to buy in a vision. They want to buy in a company that's doing right by their people. I think if yeah. the organic certified companies all collectively came together. Hey, we'll all chip, we'll all chip in X amount of thousand dollars. Yeah. Let's create an ad campaign. Let's educate our customer base. Hey, this is the shit that you guys are putting in your bodies without buying us. Look for this seal or look for nothing, basically. Yeah, but here's the problem with okay. I, I don't know. I might be a little off on this, but from my understanding, fruits and veggies and meats, meats are a commodity business. And so because of that. The margins are so slim, right? So if I'm a farmer or if I'm a, a rancher or whoever, I'm like this. Hey, Kroger, 
I can sell you my 18 bushels of, you know, I don't know, kale. I, I don't know the, the right way to, you know, categorize. Kale's yeah. Kale works, yeah. Kale. Um, 18 bushels of kale at 32 cents a bushel. Okay. And you can sell it at 40 cents a bushel. Cool. I make eight, you make eight cents and I get to make my, cause I, I'm producing it yeah. at 30 cents a bushel. I'm making my two cents per bushel. Cool. Right. This is, this is slim margin stuff. Here. Oh, I know. Right. So especially with spoilage. Yeah. Yeah. So I am competing against the farmer right next door and Kroger's like this. I guys, I 32. If you want to sell to me, it's 32. I don't pay a dollar or a cent more or a cent less. 32 cents a bushel. And so you're asking Farmer Jones, who makes the, makes the bushels, to put in an ad campaign to educate Americans to start eating healthier. Right? And Farmer Jones is like, dude, I'm just trying to beat, you know, Farmer Willis. And so, okay, let's say, okay, that's a little, that's a lot to ask a farmer to do. That's a lot to ask somebody that's just trying to move product for four cents per bushel or whatever the percentage is because yeah. it's a small amount. Yeah. Let's right? call it five cents, five percent a bushel. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know if it's that much, honestly. Okay. It, it, it's small. Okay. Well, maybe it's not on them. Maybe it's on the grocery stores. Here's where maybe you might have a little bit of a case. And I don't know the grocery store model too much, um, you know, just from basic, but I know that there's a couple areas in the grocery store they want you to buy stuff from. Right, the meat department, good margins. Right, butcher, they want you to buy stuff from them. Dairy, I'm sure. Dairy, it's weird. That's kind of a weird thing. So I just think because of like the, the, the whole back of the store thing. Well, I was thinking the oh. back of the store, but I was also thinking because of uh, the high recurring, if you will, because you know milk only has like a couple weeks shelf life. So yeah, so it, it's, it's also expensive, milk. unfortunately. So the refrigeration, so ah, any for yeah, good point, yeah, good freaking point, yeah. So. The whole thing about the back of the, the everybody thinks, oh, they put the milk at the back of the store because they want you to walk through every other. No, they're like, no, it's actually cheapest to move milk yeah, from a cold from truck a standpoint, yeah. to a cold fridge right in the back of the store. Like, that's where our semis come into. Like, that's the coldest area. And so that's why. And unfortunately, it's actually very expensive for refrigeration and energy standpoint. Um, so dairy might be somewhat profitable. Meat's profitable. Vegetables and fruits, not that profitable. Where all the profit is, is the grains area. Think of the cereals. Think of pastas. the flowers, the pastas. Those things are, they're literally making, you know, 20, 30% margins on some of those products. Vegetables and fruits, they're making three, five, 6%, right? So if I'm a grocery store, I'm not the, the farmer's not going to do this. Let's just be honest here because one farmer is going to say, screw this. I'm not going to pay for ad stuff if nobody else wants to do it. Buy. I'm out of this market. Someone else can take my spot. Okay. So grocery stores. Why would they go ahead and say, hey, um, consumer, maybe they want to, but hey, Mr. Consumer, start buying my fruits and veggies that are at 5% markup and not my pastas and my cereals that are at 20% markup. Why would they do that? <clears throat> You're you're pretty. Would you classify you and your family as fairly healthy, fairly active, eat right? Ooh, pay for more. The organic label, buddy. They get, they do you that get now. More at bats too. I drive more customers in there. Even you yourself admit in this very podcast, you will every once in a while indulge in a little bag of chips, and you have more self control than more than anyone I've ever freaking met in my life. Yeah. So so, so with you more? as a as a as a, as a yeah. one end of the pendulum, would even indulge in that high profit margin? Now I start saying that I'm doing right by my community, really putting out those ads, and I get more at-bats. I get more people in there. It's funny. We did this for Sprouts. 
Sprouts specifically, we started shopping at Sprouts. You still shop at Sprouts, oh, yeah, right? Every, every week. So we stopped at Sprouts almost every week. I was all about it. I was like, you know what? I really like Sprouts. But the, the one spot that I did not like in Sprouts is their meat department. Their meat department just felt like they were gouging me. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? And I we buy a lot of meat. We, we are meat users, right? We a lot of, buy a lot of meat and eggs as well. And <laughs> Sprouts eggs are not cheap. No. no exactly. No, no, no. And yeah. with the amount of eggs that I go through, I'm like, guys, I, I'm spending $25 on eggs a week. Right? Uh, it's a lot of eggs. Like, I, I can go to Fry's, which is our local Kroger brand, and spend $12 a week on eggs. Or I can go to Costco and spend $15 on, you know, twice as many eggs. Like, it's like, it, it's, man, the grocery, I, I, I don't think we know their business models well enough to, to be able to, to figure really this comment. out. Yeah. To be honest, I, I just don't know. Like, I, I see where your point is. Like, Sprouts is doing this. They're trying to do what you're stating. Like, hey, guys. Shop here. We're going to offer better options, things like that. They, they, they try to be the hybrid between the Kroger. And, the and I'm foods. saying Kroger as a national brand. They try to be the hybrid between a Kroger and a Whole Foods, which I, which I appreciate. I appreciate. They, they are trying to do it. Small footprint, better food options. We care a little bit more. Maybe not as high margins or something. You pay a little bit of a premium, but I really don't feel the stink. Now, granted, Brittany and I don't eat as many eggs as, as you and Anna do, per se, but I, I don't feel the pinch that bad. You know, we didn't, and I feel, and I feel so much better whenever, look, Super Bowl was a couple months ago. I made sloppy Joe's, but I was able to pat my hand on my, on my back there because every single ingredient that I, because I, I made my own slot from scratch, sloppy Joe's, every single ingredient from the mustard to the tomatoes, et cetera, was organic. So it was like, Hey guys, like, you know, and, and everyone were kind of recognized that, Hey, these are pretty elevated. So I, I appreciate the the choice that they provide me of organic. And then I really like the local aspect. Now I just found yeah. out that local meant within 400 miles. So that is still better than having your stuff come from like, say nowhere. Iowa know, or something exactly. where the, it was on a truck for three days prior for you didn't get hit in the shelf. Now, you know, the, the clock's already started before you even have the opportunity. So I get, it's kind of bullshit with the local brand, but look, man, so, so to your point here, I, I like the whole idea, but you're saying, Hey, we need to put it on the marketing people of where, of where education. No, but, but the dollars are coming from where we, we, who's paying for that. Education? You know, honestly, that's a really good point. Cause you, you drilled in on this about 10 minutes ago, as far as farmer Joe and farmer Willis. I'm trying to figure out where is the money coming from? I think from? it's gotta be on the individual supermarket. It's got to be uh, like sprouts the, level. Fries it's got to be the fries. It's got to be the. It's got to be the sprouts. It's got to be the Jones supermarket. Somebody the Willis supermarket, right? Because, but, but why would they market the produce in the cheese area where they're not making any money? Where they can market the cereal area and the pasta area, and they can make twice as much margin. I'm just wondering, like, why? Be, because what they're doing is they're competing for the community. The community uh, at bats, if you will, their community, the, the community, and coming into their stores. But okay, there's a Sprouts across the street. Yep. There's literally a Kroger and a Sprouts right across the street. They're 100 yards away from each other. Exactly. And so Sprouts is doing that. They're getting one tenth the amount of customers. They're doing what you're saying. Yep. Kroger is not doing that. And they're like, yeah, we also got the, you know, the cool pasta and the cool cereals and all that stuff. And we're getting nine out of the 10 customers. Yep. So why would the Kroger or the fries or whoever it is, the bigger guys, why would they change that model when they're getting more at-bats for customers when the Sprouts is like, yeah, we're kind of filling in the gaps. 
You think there's going to be a flip there? Do you think we're all of a sudden <clears throat> Sprouts is going to take more of it? What, what are you thinking there? And that's, a, that's a great question. And honestly, what I think it is, is I think the, the bigger brands have already positioned themselves at the, kind of that one-stop shop with fries, for example. Yeah. I can speak to them. You spend $1,000 or whatever it is. I don't know exactly the percentage. You spend $1,000, you get 10 cents off your gas. Yeah. And God knows we all need 10 cents off our gas right now, right? So <laughs> that's a different podcast. Um, we talked about energy, why they go up and down. Yeah, we, should think, take, we should probably do redo it now. <laughs> Please don't get me started on that. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, man, where I, I think they've kind of, they position themselves at almost like that comprehensive approach. Like, Hey, I'm your one-stop shop. You need gas, you need ice, you need beer. You That's need... why we shop there. Honestly, like we like it's it because convenient. Yeah. To whereas again, the reason why the Tom's shoes of the world, if you realize that, Hey, they're doing good. Hey, they're doing good by my body now. And really, really freaking portray. This is what I'm doing. This is the, the yeah. detriment to your health that, excuse me, that you're doing. I, I don't, hell, honestly, while yes, Brittany and I, and I think you and Anna, try to eat healthy. We try to eat organic ingredients, beef, uh, you know, different proteins, different uh, produce, et cetera. We try to eat clean. I still, as, as smart and as educated and as awesome as I think I am, I don't know what the actual benefits are. I don't know if I've increased my life maybe uh, two years by doing this. So there's still a lack of education. I think I'm a fairly intelligent guy. And I don't know exactly. I know I think I'm doing right, but I don't know how right I'm doing. You know what? I think the marketing campaign needs to be around life extension almost. Like uh, to your point right there, right? Like, hey, you know what? For the rest of your life, you have two options. You can shop at Fry's and buy, let's say, minimally processed foods. Yep. Let's just put them kind of in the category. Hey, we're, not, we're trying to give all options. Let's just say you're going to buy the average, which is minimally proper, processed. You're going to die at 75. Average age of American male. Yep. I think it's 75, 76. Uh, 74, that, yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. okay. Or you shop at, at Sprouts and you can die at 82. Boom. Which, now you have a lifetime customer. If I, if, I, if I marketed that, like, hey, guys, I'm going to offer my average customer an extra five to seven years of life to spend with your grandchildren, to spend with your children. I feel like Sprouts would be the busiest place in town. Shout out Sprouts, I guess, here, but... We're just using that from a, a local... Uh, yeah. Sprouts is a nationwide brand, of course. Yeah. We're just using that... They're, they're kind of like that natural grocer that it, really tries it, to strive from local. It, exactly. But but that's what I'm saying. I'm missing that. I don't know if you have it, and maybe I just can't freaking read, but I don't know how good organic... I can only assume that shit that is not created in a lab by yeah. a chemist. I can only assume that stuff that I can recreate. I can only assume that ingredients that I can you pronounce know, I don't, I don't are know good. I don't know how provable it is, but honestly, at this point, if they're marketing the natural thing so hard, why, why not, not just prove the extra years why of life? Not? Exactly. And just say, you know what, guys, just buy the organic shit. Like, so, 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 so let's wrap this up. Yeah. I, I think you and I ended up on the same page, right? Hey, it, it's almost... If the marketing team's for the evil people... <laughs> Are, are doing this come on good guys we need to ramp it up we need to be not evil no no, no. fight fight good we need to fight, with, say, good. Hey, fight guys, with integrity yeah yeah in the long run we're gonna win the battle it's just that the long run is harder to expel so well, that's also because the people on hostess are gonna die sooner so they will win the war 
We we will win the war. It's just that we need to start marketing. Because we'll live longer to yes. win the war. We'll we, outlast them. Yeah, well, we, it's a war of attrition. I love it. Pun intended. Dude, war this has been, honestly, for, for talking about food labels for an hour, it, it's interesting how much back and forth and fun banter there is around it. I, I think it's weird because food food labels and stuff like that, like, that's not exciting. Very few people could talk about food labels for an hour, first of all. We did it. But, but you know what? I bet all of our listeners said, holy shit, did not know there was this much weird stuff about it. I didn't think about the food I was putting in my body. That's what I, I don't know I, what I'm doing. That's what, I think I'm doing right. That's what I want to incite in all of our listeners. Like, guys, what do you put in your body? I want to know. What do you want to know? Right, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So, guys, really appreciate you guys joining today. Uh, Jared, what do they follow us at? At Six Pack Discussions. Um, now, admittedly, like I, I kind of told on myself prior to, I, I damn near uh, dug my heels on the ground on this on this episode because. Cody was obviously making fun of me at the very beginning of this episode. I, I tend to be, anyone who knows me for more than an hour knows that I have very strong opinions about every freaking thing in life. Food being one of them, it just pisses me off. But um, So this one did come from me. I got to tell it myself here. But um, anyways, we love interacting with our listeners. We love we love kind of bantering, you know, back and forth with the uh, with the DMs there. If we get a kind of a differing opinion, it's kind of fun. So uh, please give us a follow at Six Pack Discussions. Um, and let us know what you want to talk about next. See you guys. Bye.